Hi, and welcome to the Gallows Humor Podcast. I'm your host, J.J. Elliott. Uh, thank you very much for joining me today, and welcome to February. Um, now, we know everyone knows that the 2nd of February is Groundhog's Day, and, and, and I can't remember if he saw his shadow or not. Uh, you know, who cares? A little rodent sees anyway. And, and, I, and you know, the, there was a great movie of um, Groundhog Day with um, Bill Murray in it. And I considered just recycling a previous show as a joke, and when I thought and I thought uh, better of it. I mean, why should I deprive all of you from my thoughts? Heck, I can't escape from them. So why I, should I spare you guys at all? Uh, and, and and you probably think that oh, he, that old man's losing his mind, and he just put back one of his old shows. Um, and by the way, I have um, we have over three hundred and um, about three hundred fifty subscribers now. I mean, we are growing by uh, well not leaps and bounds mostly just leaps no bounding just leaps which is good you know and and we are still um uh being heard in three different countries you know um yay italy and uh um uh the, the netherlands and and uh somewhere in england so there we are um but anyway, this is um, February is uh, two different important months, right? It's Black History Month for one, and American Heart Month for two. Uh, uh, and also, the Super Bowl is played. It's coming up uh, this this weekend, right? And um, um, as many of you might know, I was uh, born in San Francisco, so I uh, will probably root for the 49ers. Right? I have nothing against the Chiefs, and I think that they have uh, supplanted the Dallas Cowboys as America's team. And quite rightly so. I think I was a little tired of the of Dallas being known as America's team. Really? The Cowboys? And and uh, back in the 70s or 80s, or it's probably the 80s, whatever, I think they were declared that at one time and then their cheerleaders had, um, you know, they were everywhere. Every, you know, every show had something with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders on. And I think in every... Everybody wanted to be a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. And um, anyway, so it's about time that, that they got uh, moved out of that. And it's probably be the Chiefs uh, as the uh, uh, new America's team. I think they are uh, the team of destiny. I also, I don't have anything against Taylor Swift, okay? I think she's a super talented singer-songwriter. And I don't really, you know, know many of her songs, but I, I um, I've heard some of them, and... And I've heard and I've read some of her lyrics and, and, and uh, they're actually really good. I mean, she's quite the um, poet, a lyricist, and her tunes are they're really catchy. And all the accolades and awards she's won are, um, you know, well, well-deserved. So, you know, uh, good for her. And I really don't want any Swifties uh, uh, being mad at me. In fact, boy, if any Swifties are listening to this, go tell her I'm a big fan. Okay. And whatever. And, uh, and maybe she'll give me a plug here. Um, but of course, this month uh, is the big thing it's known for is, of course, Valentine's Day, right? Uh, so for the month of February, the features on our show will all be about Amore. Let me say it again uh, in my sexiest voice. Amore. I don't know that, you know, that thing when... You know, when the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that, that amore, or when the stars make you drool like pasta fazul. You know, that's right. We're going to be talking about love. Oh, I'm sorry. Love. <clears throat> love. 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 Okay. 
<laughs> Sorry. It's not like I, I've been drinking or anything. It's just tea. I swear to God, I'm only drinking tea right now. And uh, uh, I'm trying not to hit the microphone as I, as I do this. Um, and I applied all, I applaud to um, all you lovers out there and anyone else has a sweet baboo in their life. Um, uh, I, one time I was on um, match.com. I had an account for a couple of years, right? And, and, and um, I don't know, I, I sent out a, I don't want to say how many, 50, 60 different inquiries. I think it ever had only one person um, respond. <laughs> Eventually I ended up uh, canceling my membership. Of course, uh, people who saw my account were saying, really, this is the picture you lead with. You have a picture of you in a Starfleet uniform. You know, I didn't want to lie to anybody about who I, who I am. <laughs> so um, uh, I guess there's no um, you know, other Trekkies out there. Um, it's not that I'm against relationships. You know, I, I, I just don't think I'm ready for one. At, you know, at the beginning of last year, um, through most of, uh, almost halfway of last year, um, I was still very susceptible to uh, panic attacks in some social situations. And although I feel I have uh, most of my anxieties under control, I still am not 100% sure I could, uh, I want to put myself in a situation where I might end up hurting someone's feelings just because I can't process my own thoughts and feelings, right? I think if, um, if you can fall in love, do so, all right? To be in love, of course, is to be vulnerable and allow someone you care about to see your weaknesses and giving them the access and ability to hurt you, you know? And, uh, um, and I was married before to, to two wonderful women. Both of them were um, smart, talented, ambitious, and beautiful. And, and, I, and, and um, um, I, I, I couldn't make it work, right? Um, one reason or another. And, um, and maybe someday I'll, I'll try a relationship again, but right now, you know, and I am enjoying my, my solitude and the serenity that, that comes with it. So, um, my hats off to, uh, all you people who are in love and have some significant others, hold them tight. That's all I'm going to tell you. And, um, I did buy some, uh, all those conversation hearts, um, uh, the, the boxes, I bought a bunch of them and I ate most of them already. Anyway, uh, so we have to get this show started eventually. Uh, so a quick recap um, about J.J. Uh, Elliott, you know, the, your host here. Uh, he's a writer of fiction, right? And he tells a lot of truths in his stories. And J.J. Uh, has been writing stories for a very, very, very long time. And he shares his home with his only companion, uh, the world's smartest cat, Artie. If you're lucky, you'll hear Artie wander in and say hi. He's got an uh, opinion on everything. And he's sitting right by me right now. He's pretending not to watch me, but I, I can feel his eyes on me and judging me. And and just to give you a a little bit of a truth truthfulness here, um, that first part of the show I had to redo because he had jumped on the keyboard and uh, he, he he pressed some buttons and it really put this show. Uh, he changed the. I have a um, I have a, a a mixer and on the mixer there's a bunch of little uh, buttons on here like. Uh, uh, like if I say something uh, super cool, like, uh, hey, I'm the best. <laughs> I, I have these little buttons on here. And he actually sat on one that was, I think, uh, uh, a gunshot or he changed the voice on one or anyway, <laughs> it was kind of weird. I don't know how he did it, but uh, he did it. Um, anyway, um, and Artie just had a birthday uh, last week. He turned uh, He turned eight years old. 
And actually, no one really knows for sure exactly how old he is, because uh, Artie was a rescue cat. He was a he was a kitten living on the streets when he was uh, scooped up by animal control or ICE or Homeland Security. I'm not sure which one. Uh, they took him and and they took him to uh, um, a shelter or Guantanamo, uh, one of those first. Anyway, uh, uh, the rescue home uh, at the time named him Hugo. Right, Hugo. Uh, that's what, and, and here's what they said about him. I, I still have his uh, his rap sheet. It says uh, Hugo was found uh, wandering the streets foraging for food. Remember, he was a kitten at this time. Uh, um, and they said he's uh, he's cool, chill, and confident, and craves attention. It says while Hugo can enjoy playtime and is an adventurous boy, playtime comes uh, comes a distant second to making sure he gets love and attention first. And since uh, sometimes Hugo uses his paws and teeth to get your attention, we do not recommend that he lives with children. And he's an awesome guy who fell in hard luck and circumstances through no fault of his own. That last part could be my own story, except it would totally be my own fault. Um, and they assigned him the, a birthday of a 1-1-2016, right? And I changed it to the 28th or 29th of January, depending on the year. You know, I do one or the other. And and I and all things I didn't really write it down and he doesn't really care which day it is um, and my my daughter at the time she changed his name to Artemis but I shorted the Artie because he was certainly not an Artemis you know he was a guy of the street so he's an Artie and he seems to prefer the name um, Artie as well and um, is the only one he responds to now quite frankly and it took a few months of me or of him teaching me to figure out what he's trying to tell me uh, when he communicated with his paws and teeth they weren't wrong about that. But eventually we started to understand each other and um, that was a good thing. And he wasn't uh, trying to be mean or bitey. He was just trying to get my attention. And he does crave love and attention. And I make sure I make sure he gets it. I, I, uh, you know, uh, it, it sounds weird, but, um, you know, I gave him a, I give him a brushing um, every night. Uh, sometimes he sleeps on the bed next to me. Uh, you know, and I'm watching TV. He wants to be near me. When I record the show, he does... Um, you know, I don't close the door, so he can come in and out. And he, and he, and he right now he's just sitting on, a, you know, on a bed watching me. And he's pretending he's not watching, but I can see him. Um, but it, it did take us a while to figure what he was trying to say. And, um, you know, we do understand. Um, we do understand eventually. And he does. Um, um, he listens to the things I. He, he listens to me. He actually understands the things I tell him. It's, and I saw a documentary once about about cats, and um, that one they do uh, understand their name, they and they do know when you're talking to them, and they have the uh, the attention span of a four year old, I think they said, which means that um, you know, he, yeah, he hears you. What he chooses to do with that information is a whole other story. And um, uh, I, I I had originally decided it was going to keep him as an indoor indoor beast at the time but he really really wanted to be outside and it took a little while for us to get used to trust each other that i would let him out but he'd have to come back and he does every time um and when he's happy he brings me something dead or sometimes alive in the forms of mice gophers or, or lizard and every time he brings me one of those i i praise him for his his great hunting ability and I know there are countless stories and movies about people and their dogs. Um, but Artie and I, we have a 
great relationship and we watch out for each other, right? And he has a life outside the house too. You know, over the summer, uh, he helped a, a neighbor clear out his gopher problem and he got the nickname El Cordito. At another house, he hangs out with this little girl as she practices her reading. And uh, when I was looking for one time, um, her mom, you know, was um, saying, oh yeah, Artie, Artie was over here, uh, but he, he isn't there now. But he sits and listens to her, her daughter as she reads to him. And he doesn't let her pet him. But she keeps her hands herself and reads out loud, he will sit there. And the mom says, he's a wonderful babysitter. And over on Halloween, there was a group of kids that came by just to say hi to Artie. And believe me, he soaked it all in. Um, he gets all the attention he, he loves in the neighborhood. People, The people here, they like him too. And that's pretty cool. There was a guy down the street who's uh, um, Artie used to go down and, and sing to his cat. Uh, you know, he had, some, uh, he had a girl cat. And he got annoyed and kind of um, shoot him away. And then his cat, his girl cat, was very uh, forlorn, forlorn. And she kept going to the window, you know, pacing back and forth, looking for him. And eventually when Artie came back, he decided, ah, okay, it's a good thing. You know, he's got someone to, she's got someone to look at and talk to. So, you know, he lets him come over. Doesn't let him inside, but he lets him come over and, and talk to her. So that's pretty cool. And I tell you that I wasn't looking for a pet after my dog Thumper had died. You know, Thumper was the best of all little puppy dogs. And um, so I didn't want another pet. And I was right. And I didn't get a pet. I end up with this hairy little roommate who makes me open his cans of food and scoop his litter box. And I couldn't ask for uh, a better companion. Right. So, um, so you want to talk about love? I love that furry little guy. And he, um, he did have a good birthday. Tuna was his dish of choice, although my friend Marie said I totally failed by not putting a candle in his tuna cake and singing him happy birthday. But, uh, you know, uh, uh, I, 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 you know, my, my bad. And people ask me if I would let him eat, eat off my plate. And I usually answer, hell, I would let him borrow the car if he asked. Anyway, uh, so uh, that's it for Artie. Happy birthday, little buddy. Um, I guess I'll have to dedicate this, this show to him. Uh, so a little bit about... Um, uh, you know, J.J. Elliott, I was talking about that, that he writes uh, fictions and stuff. Um, but he gets his ideas from his alter ego, uh, Jim Elliott, right? And Jim is the guy who actually has to experience life with all his ups and downs. He's the one who's got to actually buy, he's, he scoops Artie's uh, uh, litter box. You don't think J.J. does that, right? Jim does that. And uh, Artie, uh, J.D. will write about it, okay? <laughs> and so we take turns, uh, 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 in this show, on this pod, podcast, talking about comic books or comic book movies or something related to or whatever we would like to talk about. We, we have a lot of shows on running. And trust me, I'm going to do a half marathon in, in less than 70 days. There's going to be some stories about um, about that again. And it seems to be one of my popular shows, by the way, when my daughter uh, Lizzie shows up and we talk about our running, um, uh, um, our, our running people seem to like, like those shows. And I'm going to try to have my brother down sometime uh, cause he's got some great, uh, running stories too. And then of course, uh, Marie, my running partner, um, she'll tell you a little bit about all the training we're doing. Um, and we did a, a little, we did our, um, three and a half mile run today. It wasn't, and it, it, we had a, a run in between rainstorms and, um, uh, Marie has some, um, doesn't like to run on the streets. I was, a, you know, um, I grew up in Long Beach, you know, I, I, born in San Francisco, but grew up in Long Beach. And that's what I consider my, my hometown. 
And so um, when I ran uh, cross country there, we we would run on the city streets, you know, just block after block, you know, down to the uh, um, from uh, Long Beach Poly down to Recreation Park, which is quite a ways, or down to Long Beach State, or the long run down to the the jetty. And if you're from Long Beach, you know exactly where these places are. And those are long ass runs. Uh, but a lot of them, uh, almost all of them are through the city, right? Get, and, you know, almost every Long Beach is a big city. So there's a lot of streetlights, and we had to wait for streetlights. You know, we waited for most of them. You know, if it wasn't too busy, we would just go across. But for the most part, we, we kind of, you know, obeyed the um, uh, traffic laws because we don't want to get stopped by cops or you know, people hassling us or, uh, you know, heaven forbid you get hit by a car. You're, you're, the coach would not, you know, um, uh, he didn't care you got hit. You know, could but don't think that you're going to take the day off. But, um, um, but we, we, so we have uh, shows that we'll probably do more on that. And, uh, and in the podcast, you'll, you'll hear mostly JJ talking because he's the guy who's uh, really upbeat and enthusiastic. Uh, and he's the one who always gets the, uh, the applause, right? Oops. Oh, no, the wrong one. He gets the applause. That's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's stupid mixer. Uh, I, I haven't even gotten to play with all the stupid. They have like a voice changer on here, and I, I don't want to do all that, that stuff. I think it's kind of kind of funny that's on there anyway. I mean, I don't really need it. And, uh, you know, I, as long as I have uh, Hank, right, Hank? Thank you, buddy. Uh, they don't really need to do uh, resort to cheap tricks to try to get laughs or anything like that. But JJ's the one who's more upbeat, and uh, Jim is a lot more analytical and a, and a bit more of a slow talker. But he does the the research for the show. JJ will talk about, it, but J, Jim's done. He does all the uh, 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 the research. And, and don't worry about it; you'll figure out who's talking. You know, um, little uh, up above talking about love, that was Jim, right? But JJ's the one who's talking now. And um, and you'll be able, you know, it's it's not that complicated. Don't worry about it. You just sit back. I'll do all the heavy lifting. Like if you want to share your opinions about this show or uh, recommend a good uh, shrink to me, uh, I have two, but I, you know, no point not having a third one. Um, you can contact me through Facebook at, or Instagram at JJ Elliott Author. That's one word. And I, I also can be reached by email at JJ Elliott Author at gmail.com. And actually I opened that account. Uh, not I, I checked it a few, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and there was a couple of emails in there uh, about the show, but mostly it was, uh, stuff about the upcoming uh, uh, WonderCon, uh, which is a comic, comic book convention in Anaheim. And um, I got the two free tickets to go there. And, um, uh, and of course, uh, upcoming in July is uh, the San Diego Comic-Con, the big one. And I also be going there as well. Anyway, um, you can reach JJ uh, at uh, Author at gmail.com. And books by JJ Elliott can be found on Amazon. By all means, read his books, um, make a comment, leave a review on Amazon, and uh, let me know how much you love the books. If you didn't like his books and you bought it, say you liked it anyway. I could use the good reviews, all right? And you can find his name. Just type J.J. Elliott on uh, the search bar on Amazon, and, and it'll pull up my name on that. Uh, so uh, anyway, so that's that. So we're going to talk a little bit about, uh, like I said, love. Um, this month, and, and I thought I'd start start talking it by um, doing the show about uh, Wandavision. And if you um, if you have Disney Plus uh, or a fan of Marvel shows, 
WandaVision is the the, the first uh, uh, a show that came out on, on Disney Plus, right? So anyway, the show came out in uh, 2021, but I didn't have a show back then, so I couldn't really talk about it. And I, but I recently binged it uh, a couple of weekends ago. I'm not really sure why, uh, but I did, right? And so it fits in with this uh, uh, month's theme of of law, of love. And um, there's a lesson in this show, uh, other than they'll fuck around with the Scarlet Witch. Um, but it's mostly about love and loss. And the, the lesson is was, what is grief if not love persevering? Okay. And it was a very it's a it's a it's a it's a good show, uh, but the show, uh, like I said, was the first of the Disney-owned Marvel series, and we didn't really know what to expect, right? Um, and the first few episodes were um, they were a little strange, and they were modeled after sitcoms from the like sixties and seventies, and uh, and they they featured uh, you know they would say starring uh, Wanda Maximoff and you know her husband Vision. And the first episodes that were shown were in in black and white, just like they were, uh, and they're you know filmed in front of a, an audience. And there was no mention of how, um, you know, why Vision was there. Last time I saw him, he was, you know, killed in the movie um, Avengers: Infinity War, and now he's he's alive again. And 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 I wasn't sure what to expect. You know, they had their mock commercials during the show about a toaster from Stark Technologies or a watch from a company called Strucker which were good at Easter eggs because um, obviously Stark technology, uh, you know, is a play to uh, Tony Stark, you know, Iron Man, but Strucker was, was different because it's, it was Baron Strucker um, was a Hydra scientist who experimented on Wanda and her brother Pietro that triggered their, their powers. Uh, Pietro ended up with um, super speed. Okay. Um, and the sitcoms, the the way they, they played out, the sitcoms that they used to show the first few episodes were kind of borrowed very heavily from the like the Dick Van Dyke show or Bewitched or a little play. And they were played for laughs. But there was also a small undercurrent of drama uh that gets you the idea that something wasn't what it seemed. And uh and it took a while, I think uh, this was um eight, nine episodes or so. And we weren't really sure what 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 the take of it. You know, like I said, the first two or three episodes it was just sort of like standalone episodes. They were just like the sitcoms from the sixties. You know, very, um, you know, problems like uh, your boss is coming over for dinner and and the wife doesn't realize it, or you know, you have a date mark marked on a calendar and nobody can remember what it, you know what it what it means. You know, little little goofy things like that. And of course, neighbors always sort of pop in, uh, say hi, and then you know. Uh, help out on that. But, uh, uh, it, you know, like I said, it wasn't, wasn't quite what it seemed. And during the show, what we discovered was that, uh, uh, Wanda was, um, uh, she was, uh, not doing well, um, because of her, the trauma that she has gone through in her life. And, uh, and she always seems sort of, uh, you know, kind of upbeat, at least in the shows she did. But it kind of goes over a little bit about her life, you know, in, in the show. And, and it turns out that she and her brother were orphaned during a, a war um, that took place in her country of uh, Sokovia. And, um, you know, her, her parents were killed in some um, um, air raid and some bombing. 
and uh, she and her brother were trapped there for days before they were able to get the you know dug out and and uh, away and saved. And because of that, they they became um, a little bit rad- they, a little bit they became radicalized um, as a you know anti-war type of thing, and they end up joining um, this group Hydra as I mentioned earlier, where they were expanded, experimented on by uh, uh, Baron Strucker. Um, and then later, uh, we find you know, that her brother um, in the, uh, the movie, the, um, the Avengers Age of Ultron, her brother later is killed in the Battle of Sokovia uh, from the rogue AI um, Ultron. Um, but uh, uh, it's the same in that same show, uh, Vision is created. Ultron wanted a, he, he looks very robotic and he wanted to be more human like. And so he created this um, vibranium-based synthesoid, uh, a fancy word for an android, who's very human in his um, looks and appearance and uh, mannerisms. Um, so he had created the uh, vision body, but uh, it, it didn't turn out the way he thought it would. You know, um, uh, see, um, uh, the vision is a, He's got the personality of, of 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 Ultron, but also of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner and the AI Jarvis, um, and so he is all of them, but none of them. And um, you know, at the end of uh, Age of Ultron, she ends up joining the uh, the Avengers, um, and you know, starts to become close to Vision. And it was during one of the assignments uh, with uh, the Avengers that was shown in. Uh, Captain America Civil War um, that in uh, in an accident she caused the death of several civilians and um, this really kind of um, you know um, adds to her her trauma and her grief but uh, and so she was uh, sort of in house arrest at at the Avengers compound and Vision who was always there you know the, the two of them they spark a relationship and as weird as it may sound, um, they actually fall in love with each other. Um, and later, um, you know, after the events of uh, Civil War, Wanda becomes an international fugitive. And um, but she and Vision are still uh, still meeting with each other. Um, but uh, of course, then the, during the Battle of Wakanda, in order to keep the the Mind Stone, which was embedded in Vision's uh, forehead, it's one of the things that kind of drove his personality or drove, uh, gave life to him. Um, in order to keep that Mind Stone out of the mad Titan Thanos, Wanda had to destroy the Mind Stone while it was still embed- embedded in Vision's forehead. And in doing so, she ends up killing the Vision. And then, of course, uh, Thanos uses his Time Stone, the other part of the Affinity Stones, to resurrect Vision right in front of her and then removes the Mind Stone, which was now intact again, and 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 um, and he and Vision dies again right in front of Wanda, so she ends up dying twice right in front of her. And then when Thanos calls half the population disappear in the event known as the uh, the blip, Wanda was one of those people that was taken away. Um, and then when she returns uh, five years later, uh, she discovered that the U.S. government had taken Vision's body and completely disassembled him. Right? Um, she wanted to to bury him, but the government, you, you know, uh, Vision's body was built out of vibranium, and they weren't going to let uh, 
$2 billion worth of vibranium just be buried in the ground. And so they had dissected them because they, they didn't quite understand how this synthesoider worked. And so they were trying to figure out how did Ultron do this. So he was disassembled in bits and pieces and wires. And uh, the only thing left, I think, was his was his head or face. Um, and there's a scene where Wanda looks at his face and um, she sees nothing else. There. There's no glimpse of the vision at all in any of those components. And um, like I said, she wanted to bury him, but in the end she left empty-handed because there was really nothing nothing left to bury. But what she had discovered it was that before that had happened, um, before the events of uh, of Infinity War, uh, Vision had, had, had purchased a home for them in a isolated suburb of New Jersey. You know, actually it was a lot that he was going to have a home built. It was called Westview. It was, you know, it was in the middle of nowhere in, in New Jersey. And um, Wanda had uh, wandered over or had gone to that to look at that lot where Vision had, you know, had a picture of this house that he wanted built there, a place where they could grow, um, they can grow old. And in her grief from losing her love and, 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 and the family that she thought she might have one day, Wanda uses her, her magic powers and ends up icing the town of Westview in a, in a hex dome and rebuilds it using the sitcoms of TV shows she grew up watching. And she even uh, recreated um, Vision from, uh, from her memories. I mean, to the, to the detail. And um, eventually the, as one division, the show goes on and on. Uh, the whole charade starts to um, starts to fall apart, and in the end, um, along with Vision, by the way, she had created two two children as well, her children, uh, Billy and Tommy, uh, twins. Um, but eventually, like I said, this the uh, all of this uh, creation, uh, you know, eventually catches up with her. And she realized that she had trapped the entire town of Westview um, in the hex dome. Uh, and they were all trapped there. And so when she removes her, her hex, her magic she had in source with everybody, well, everybody ends up um, uh, disappearing. Vision and her two children, right? And uh, again, more, um, more grief from her. And and the end of the show uh, leads right into the Doctor Strange movie, the uh, Multiverse of Madness, which uh, follows Wanda's uh, further descent into grief and trauma. And um, the uh, mm, how do I say this? This the, the, this TV show kind of I guess sort of ends on a on a downer note. Although it did uh, it did introduce us to a few things. One was. Um, Monica Rambeau, who 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 becomes um, uh, who's featured in the in the show The Marvels that we talked about earlier uh, in an earlier episode, uh, introduced Agatha Harkness, who is a a witch witch, who uh, who's one who tells Wanda that she uh, dubs her or that that gives her the name. Actually, it's a title called the Scarlet Witch, and. Um, and we also see uh, Jimmy Woo, who was the FBI cop from uh, Ant-Man, 
uh, Ant-Man and Wasp series, and uh, Darcy was there from, uh, she was the, uh, uh, the doctor who assisted uh, Jane Foster in the Thor movies. So it was kind of cool to see all these characters are starting, they came back a little bit. But other than that, the this, this show was kind of a, uh, kind of a downer. And, uh, you know, although Wanda uh, uh, can be faulted for not being able to control her emotions, you know, in her defense, they don't really have, um, uh, a, you know, good grief counselors uh, for superpowered beings capable of rewriting reality. It's, you know, it's a little bit of a much. And at the end of the Multiverse of Madness, it is assumed, although, you know, they always say, um, you know, nobody's dead unless you see the bodies, um, that Wanda ends up taking her own life. Um, there is a, an offshoot from uh, WandaVision called, uh, uh, show uh, called Agatha, the Darkhold Diaries, uh, which is expected to be out um, uh, later this year. And uh, whether Wanda would be in there uh, either in flashback or whatever, you know, we'll see what that movie's about. In, in the, um, in comic books, by the way, um, Wanda suffers a similar breakdown uh, using her reality, reality uh, altering powers. And she ends up destroying a bunch of friends and foes in her, in her grief as well. Um, she's uh, one of the most powerful uh, characters in, uh, in the comic books and in, uh, and in the MCU in the Marvel cinematic universe, she, she really is uh, more powerful than Dr. Strange. Um, and she probably could have beat Thanos uh, on her own if, if you know, she had a little more practice with her abilities. Um, so why would I start a series of uh, love episodes on this tragic example of, of, of love gone bad? Um, because not every love affair ends well. And I don't think we have to, uh, uh, and, and although I, I really had, um, was hoping this would be a little more upbeat. I, I once I started the show, I was, I was kind of invested in, so sorry, <laughs> uh, on it, but, uh, not everything, uh, like I said, ends well, but there was a less, a lesson about, um, about grief, which was, you know, grief is love. Uh, what is grief, but not love, but love persevering and uh, on that. Uh, but anyway, so I promised the next couple of shows would be a little bit more upbeat versions of love. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, um, some great loves in comic books, uh, uh, Superman, Superman and Lois, uh, Lois Lane. We got to do those. Um, Reed Richards and Sue Richards, uh, the, um, two, the two uh, married couple, two married, the two married people from the fantastic four. We're going to have a Hawkman and, and Hawkgirl, um, uh, Rogue and Gambit from the X-Men, uh, Cyclops and uh, Marvel Girl, Jean Grey, from also from the X-Men. Uh, and there are quite a few um, quite a few good couples, Spider-Man and Mary Jane. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, all of Spider-Man's girlfriends, uh, a little bit. Um, because Mary Jane didn't actually show up to his girlfriend until I think issue 140. Three and forty-four, something like that. After the death of Gwen Stacy, so for the longest time, it was his girlfriends were Liz Allen, and then it was Betty Brant, and then it was uh, Gwen Stacy, and then um, and then uh, Mary Jane. And even that, there was a few after Mary Jane, and then you know. Well, anyway, we'll we'll talk about all that. Uh, all that. We'll talk a little bit about the the people who were married. There was a a superhero um, from DC Comics called the Elongated Man. Um, 
I know, really weird, right? Uh, and his wife, uh, Sue Dibney, Dib- Dibney and uh, kind of what happens to them as a couple, um, Green Arrow and Black Canary. Um, and some of the flashes, uh, there's a Flash and um, Iris West, and then um, the other Flash, who was Kid Flash, and um, the Wally West Flash, and uh, Linda Linda Park. So uh, there are uh, quite a few loving couples uh, on here, and we will we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about all of them in the next uh, couple of weeks. Um, so again, um, happy Valentine's Day, everybody! I'm trying to use my let me use my soft, sexy voice. And if you're driving right now, you should pull over if it gets a little too hot inside your car. But I want to tell you all. I love you all very much. And I'll see you next week. <laughs> or something like that. Okay, everybody. Actually, it's kind of a show. The show is shorter. It's a little, yeah, not quite uh, 40 minutes, but that's okay. We're going to get these things off the ro- off the ground and we have to get going. All right, my Mi amores. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love you all. I can keep going all day with this. Thank you.